Welcome back to Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. I'm Rhonda Blevins, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And I'm David Brown, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of The Welcome Table in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Today we continue asking the question, what is the new normal or does it even exist? We're asking questions about navigating church leadership in this COVID endemic world. And our guest today, Eric Spivey, is going to talk with us, and the conversation's focused around attendance woes. Who's coming back, who's not, and why? Maybe we'll even get beyond attendance a little bit as we go. So here with us today is Reverend Dr. Eric Spivey. Eric has been in ministry for over 30 years. He's done resort mission work. He's been in Christian formation for about seven years. He's been a senior pastor for the past 12 or so years, and he's currently serving as the senior pastor of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Eric is also an associate with Pinnacle Leadership Associates. He's been with us about five years now. Listeners to the pod might remember that Eric joined us for a couple of episodes about a year ago on Pastor Life and talked in depth about leaving well and beginning well as he made it through that transition to Vestavia Hills. You always really appreciate Eric's insights. I think he's a really thoughtful pastor and uh, he always gives us some things to think about. So I'm excited to have him back on the pod. Well, I'm excited too to have Eric back on the pod. He's a he's a regular now, so let's see what we can learn about the new normal, attendance woes, and all of that with Reverend Dr. Eric Spivey. Welcome back to the podcast, Eric. Good to have you back. Hey, David and Rhonda. It's so good to be with you all again. Thanks for inviting me. I look forward to our conversation today. Well, so let's start out just with attendance woes. I mean, how do we kind of think about where we are as churches? You know, I think it's now been about three years, three falls in a row where I kind of imagined that as fall programming and school started back up, that maybe we would return to some sort of semblance of normalcy. And I'm not sure whether we have or not, just one of these these new normal questions. Uh, How do you see this whole attendance conversation playing out, Eric? Well, I think we're having to um, rethink how we look at attendance and worship. I mean, that's that's our key idea here is how many people come show up on Sunday morning. Um, We're having to, for many who weren't online before COVID, we're having to rethink who all is here. Do I just measure who all shows up in the sanctuary, um, who all is watching online, um, and how do we begin to differentiate the two in some way? And also begin to really, I think, begin to shift the conversation from really seeing that attendance is any really great measurement of of what we're trying to do um, as pastors and within congregations. And so I think it has it has a role, but I think that shifting from the kind of idea of who all is attending to who all is engaged um, is a really great kind of conversation about shifting and and then beginning to think about well, how do I measure what engagement looks like and and those kind of things. So. Uh, we can talk about kind of pre-COVID, what happened during COVID, what's going on now, but I think that's kind of the the key idea. I, I don't think we're going to be at the same level as we were before COVID, and it was changing before we ever um, heard of COVID. Yeah, just uh, to let listeners in on a little bit of how the sausage gets made, we dabbled with calling this episode a new metric for a new normal, and we're wondering if there are better ways to measure 
a successful ministry, a healthy, vibrant church, other than the classic uh, three Bs, right? Buildings, bodies, and budgets, or if you're like me, buildings, butts, and budgets. (laughs) So what are you thinking, Eric? Are you finding new ways to track church health and vibrancy? Well, I mean, I want to, let's just sort of think what was going on before COVID for a few minutes. I mean, I think for a long time um, in my uh, first pastorate in Georgia, I mean, I just, I would sit uh, up on the platform and and look out across the congregation as the, as the 2000 teens passed by, I just began to see less and less people. And it wasn't that we were doing less stuff or that people were less engaged, but I was just seeing less and less people. I remember one one fall we had done this really big push and all in you know to to try to really get people there in September it was you know there were these Sundays when there wasn't football in the south and there was there was other you know it's it's like there should be there and and I just kind of began to realize the more I tried for it and I was measuring my success by it and I just I would just get so down I'm like you know we're doing all of this and I can't and I'm and I'm not moving the needle of getting people back to worship um, and pre-COVID, I mean, I was all, we were already doing things to try to um, engage people to get them to work, you know, to get them there on a particular Sunday. I mean, we, you know, we started um, working really hard to get more people, uh, more lay people inside the worship service to doing doing different events, just because like that was a way to make sure that people were coming to worship. Uh, we began to um, have. One Sunday a month, we had a breakfast for families with children to try to at least have one Sunday that they all were in town. Um, yeah, I was all in, you know, pre-COVID, I was already thinking that if someone was was attending in person one time a month, they were an active member of my church. This isn't a new conversation. I think that what was already going on, as we've seen in a lot of areas, COVID has simply accelerated some trends that were already going on. You know, I was already beginning to think about realizing that how often someone attended was not a measure of of how much they were engaged in the life of our church, how much they were committed to our church, what kind of um, spiritual uh, leadership um, leadership or, or or growth that was happening in their lives. I mean, people were traveling a lot more. People were. I mean, it was just there were just a lot of different elements that affected how often people showed up. And then during COVID, as we began to shift to digital, you know, in, in our, our church, and I was in Gainesville, Florida at the time, um, we, we, we kind of had a middle ground. We, we started in-person worship with really distanced seating, you know, in the fall of 2020. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're realizing, I can't measure at all what's happening by how many people are in the sanctuary. So in my mind, it just began to continue to say, how many people I'm looking at out in the congregation has no reflection on the number of people that are engaged. I mean, there are, there are people who are, who are watching the service now, people who watch it this afternoon, the people who watch it tomorrow morning or tomorrow after, you know, it just began to diffuse this idea of who all is in this particular space at this particular hour just began to no longer sort of be this sort of measurement for me. You know, and then when I've made my shift to Vestavia Hills back in the spring, one of the things that just really surprised me, but also um, uh, was very exciting for me too, is I was asking for worship numbers. I was like, how many people are showing up for worship? What does that look like for you? I was trying to get a measurement like we've talked about here, trying, you know, how many people were before COVID, now, you know, and there's like, 
We've never taken attendance to worship. That's not part of our DNA. And so, I mean, they could tell me how many people were coming into Bible study or how many people were coming on Wednesday night, but somewhere in the midst of our history, worship, they've, they've said that worship attendance is not a value for us. We value, we're valuing other things. And so I was already not really, in my mind, not holding worship attendance that, that closely. And now it's, you know, it's not part of our conversation here. So now it's, we might say it has to do with how many bulletins we need to make sure that we produce this week. Do we need to produce more? What's our normal number? And trying to try to rethink that. So that, that's kind of where I am. And I think we'd love to have bigger, bigger conversations about maybe what, the broad, what we're seeing broadly in the culture as far as worship attendance. What does worship attendance reveal to us as leaders and as pastors? And then maybe kind of how do we shift from this, from uh, thinking about worship attendance to engagement and, and thinking about what those metrics might look like. Yeah, I think that's really helpful just to, to remind us that this was a question about metrics and what's important to count before COVID ever showed up on the scene. And I can remember in those pre-COVID days and some of the pinnacle presentations that I was doing, there was a statistic that I would quote that people who would describe themselves as active attenders, you know, active participants in a congregation, the average number of Sundays that they attended per year was 42%. So, you know, somebody who saw themselves as an active, committed participant in the life of a congregation, they were in the building on a given week, only 42% of the time. Right. And um, I don't have any idea what that statistic is post-COVID. I would imagine it's at least slightly lower than that. But to, to me, there's, and, and I think you pointed to this, Eric, there's, there's almost an emotional or a psychological aspect to the worship attendance metric. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned sitting up on the platform and looking out, but I think folks in the pews have that same sort of reaction as well. Yes. I can remember congregation I was a part of where we began a creative worship service, an alternative worship service. And so some of the people who had been a part of the one traditional liturgical service, you know, kind of came out of that service to help start the new one. And there was this sense of, even though we were probably tracking slightly higher in total attendance during that period of time, between the two services, there was this sense of deflation in the liturgical traditional service of looking around and not feeling like the sanctuary was as full as it used to be. And so, you know, I think there's an emotional psychological piece to this that, you know, pastors that we have to come to terms with and figure out how to reframe. And we have to do that for ourselves and for our people, I think. And, and maybe that's kind of step one in moving toward a new metric. I don't know what you think about that either, either of you two. Well, I definitely agree. I mean, I, specifically in before COVID, I, mean, I remember having conversations with older adults who just remember, I remember when this building was full. I mean, there are several things happening. One, yes, there's less people there. There are less people involved in church. And there was some recognition about that. But there was also this sense that the number of people who are in church is not the a great reflection on on the engagement of people within the life of the church. I mean, I've been thinking about this and, and working with congregations for a long time to try to figure out how, what do you measure? As Mark Tisworth says, attendance is really a lag measure. It's how many people showing up based off, you know, 
you can't really control how many people will show up. There are things that you can control and, you know, and, and you begin to measure really the things that you're doing to try to, to try to, you know, shift that needle some, and then you have to sort of and you acknowledge what, what the results, some of those results are. I do think, you know, kind of just going back to this idea of attendance woes and thinking about that, I think the reality is that, that there are fewer people attending in worship across the board in America. I found uh, research from Lifeway uh, Research from November 2022, which said that uh, as of this fall, the average attendance across Protestant congregations was at 85% of what it was pre-COVID. That's been going up. So in 2020, it was at 63%. At, in 2021, it was 73%. And this year is 85%. And so you see that rising over the over those years. You know, So even if, if those things were happening before COVID, um, we definitely recognize that, um, that worship attendance has shifted and changed. So what we see anecdotally is also being revealed, I think, in some, in some um, those who are doing research. Yeah, thank you for that statistic. I hadn't seen that one, but that tracks about where my congregation is. Um, so that's pretty interesting. I want to get back to something that both of you have kind of touched on. David, you talked about the emotional psychological piece, and Eric, you were kind of talking about how um, in a previous congregation, you were you were doing all the right things. And I want to focus on that for a minute as pastors. We can take the attendance woes pretty personally. I mean, other pastors can, not me, of course. But. <laughs> well, it's not you, Rhonda. You're, you're, above, um, you're above it. Right, right. Uh, but we can take that pretty personally, and, and it can cause us to just go 110% way too long, way too often, trying to chase that metric and so I wonder, you know, with the metric, is there a better metric that helps pastors ground themselves in our calling? And our calling isn't to fill the pews. Our calling is to disciple people generally, right? Um, there are more pieces to that. Would there be better metrics to help pastors gauge our success as opposed to just filling the pews? David, you want to answer? Maybe you're either <laughs> professional on this. <laughs> Uh, this is not new. In Gainesville, we were working on, we, we had developed a, a rule of life. It was um, eight spiritual practices that had kind of, that we were working to engage our congregation in and inviting them to, to measure themselves each, each year by, in, in ways that, that if, I, if I look at one of these particular areas, and it could be engagement with the Bible or worship or or prayer life, or generosity, or mission um, work, or other kind of things, and, and inviting them that if we invest in these things in our lives, then we will find that God, that we're growing spiritually. That was sort of my attempt to really beginning to shift my focus on just one thing of how many people show up on Sunday morning, and beginning to think about the real measurement is, are, are my people growing closer to Jesus are they engaging in God's kingdom work? Are they are they finding strength in their faith? Are they connected to a fellowship? I mean that that was my attempt of beginning to work through that. We had not I had not gotten to the point of how do you measure that yet, but I think that that's a a key thought, and I think beginning to wrestle with those concepts are really important. And I would say I'm I'm not sure if it's something you can do broadly, like every you know across, like one one thing that, that covers every church that helping pastors and churches discover that 
to what, what does engagement look like in my church? How, how are people growing spiritually? Am I, am I measuring every week, every year, how many people are engaged in a mission project? How many people are engaged in a small group? How many people, how many different people have given um, to the church this year? Have they given more generously this year than last? Are we seeing um, people's um, a prayer shifting? Are we seeing, you know, I think if we begin to look at those different kind of ways that people are engaged in the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, it's a way of beginning to get to those new metrics that you talked about, David. Yeah, I really appreciate one of the phrases that you used maybe in one of your first statements today, the idea of moving from attendance to engagement. And then even in just what you were saying about the rule of life, you know, a lot of that was about how are we engaging in spiritual practices and discipleship growth, living out our faith, you know, those sort of things. I know that when I was in the doctor ministry program up at Duke, a bunch of the Methodist students who were my classmates, it was early on in a period of time where there was a United Methodist dashboard that had been created. And I believe it was weekly, uh, if, if not weekly, it was, it was at least fairly often that pastors had to log into the dashboard and input all of this data about what was going on in their congregation. And for the most part, they were those sort of traditional, measurable uh, buildings, bodies, budgets kind of numbers for the most part. And I, I think, you know, there's this attributed to Peter Drucker, you know, management guru guy. If you if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. I'm not sure what I exactly think or how I would pick that apart or put some theological context around it. But I do think that we tend to pursue the things that we're measuring. And so we ought to be intentional about deciding what we want to measure. And maybe measuring some of those traditional, easy-to-count sort of things, maybe that's helpful in certain ways, but I, I think as individual congregations, we probably need to have some conversation around what's important for us to measure, because if we're doing these things, we're really living into our calling, who we are, who God created us to be, and what God has called us to do. And so I think probably the metrics, and we can maybe talk some, some more specifically about ideas that we might have for some metrics, but I think that the metrics that we focus on as individual churches, they probably should be unique and reflective of our specific calling in the world. One of the great things you just said there, David, is while worship may no longer be the best, a great metric to understand what's going on in the life of of a church, especially in person worship, I don't think we need to be afraid of of metrics. I think that it helps us to begin to be able to understand what is going on in the life of our church. Because I think if we're not, if we're just keeping a blind eye on it, we're 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 not working to achieve the mission that we that we in the, especially some of the vision area areas that we're working toward. And so, trying to begin to Find what those parts are, I think, is an important conversation with a church, with a pastor and congregation. And I, and I do think that part of those metrics need to be, to go back to Mark's terms, really the input metrics, the things that we have control over versus the things we have no control over, so that we're measuring how much we're, we're working to engage folks or inviting folks to participate or in getting people, you know, versus what happens on the other side. You know, I, did, I found a great quote from Kerry Newhoff 
about attendance, and he says that attendance does not equal engagement, but engagement almost always involves attendance. What's happening on Sunday morning doesn't always tell us everything that's going on, but it does give us at least a glimpse of what's of what's happening, and it gives us a sense of where folks or where folks are. So if someone's not there for three months, we need to know that they they probably are not really they're not engaging with us in some way or or trying to figure out where are they what's going on so there are some great ways to to utilize it but it may not always be the thing that it's not it's not the final measurement of of the life and the and the, and the strength of the church so here's what i'm kind of piecing together from our conversation which is enlivening thank you guys so if we're changing the metrics if we're thinking about new metrics one thing i'm hearing is Stop thinking about attendance and start thinking about engagement. So a shift from attendance to engagement. And a second one we've kind of danced around and talked about a little bit. Stop talking about church growth and instead talk about church health. And then a third I might add to that, out of this conversation, we used to talk about entry points into the church. And I wonder if a new metric might be connection points. Entry points has this attractional church model uh, vibe going on, right? Come to us. But if a new metric is connection and engagement, should we start talking about connection points instead of entry points? The second part that I thought you said was really good before we go to that that third about the connection point, Rhonda, I, you know, that, I moved that shift from sort of church growth to church health. But I might even say a little bit different of, of really beginning to shift from church growth to spiritual growth, where we, mm-hmm. be, you know, and that I think that's a part of church health. Mm-hmm. But if we begin to think about just not just you know, I mean, so often we always sort of measured like just that if you showed up, that was the measure that you were growing. That was the measure. Right. Oh, you know, if we get you know if we get these numbers in Sunday school or Bible study or small groups or worship, then that means that we are that we are being successful. And so I, I do think that there is a place of trying to figure out how how do we figure out if people are you know in our you know who are spending years in our midst are growing closer to Jesus are are living the way of Jesus um, and so I think there's a there's some really great work that could be that can be done in that space and then the final part about I think you know looking for connection points finding other areas um, in the life of the church that you can begin to track of where of where people are connecting or showing up in some form maybe so maybe someone's not showing up on on a wind you know on a sunday in-person worship but they're also still connecting in some ways i mean i, I think about I me mean, yesterday we had one of our older women um, bible studies um christmas party you know and a couple of our older ladies that i had not met before in my seven months here yet but every one of them are saying that i had not met are saying I'll watch you on Sunday morning every Sunday, you know. So they're not in person; they're not even in their Bible study on a regular basis because they can't get there physically. But they're they're still engaging as much as they can in the life of the church. And so I think that those pieces, those different kind of connection points, are all still there. So I remember even way back in the pre-COVID days, reading this line from I believe it was Brian McLaren, where he talked about maybe we ought not be counting conversions and instead be counting conversations. And this mm-hmm. idea that, you know, if we were engaging our neighbors in conversations about things that matter, 
you know, taking the conversations about everyday life and turning them toward the spiritual, toward the theological, that, uh, you know, the, the conversion thing would take care of itself. And I think that sort of way of thinking about metrics, I feel like it is very important for us to have metrics and not just say, oh, you know, attendance, that's not really, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. And so we're just going to kind of do our thing. And yeah, I think metrics give us a way to be intentional in following God's spirit down this pathway to which we've been called. And so yeah, I remember our colleague at Pinnacle, um, Doug Cushing, who's a church planter and has has really taken several churches through these steps of kind of defining who are we? Who do we feel called to be in our community? And his congregation in the Wilmington area, they developed, rather than core values, they developed core habits at the very beginning of their life as a congregation. And the metrics that he has created for them and that they track are really based on those core habits, which are really about what does a disciple do? You know, what do we as a collective body of disciples do in the world? In, in our own fellowship with one another, and in our community. And I think that that sort of thing, it, it really sort of embodies the attractional to missional shift, you know, that we talk a lot about at Pinnacle. And yet it doesn't give up the idea of metrics. You know, it's just too, you know, oh, it's just too hard to count these other things. Well, we got to try. You know, if we sense the urgency of God's calling in our lives and in our world, then we ought to think enough of that that we ought to try to measure how we're doing up against what God is calling us to do. Mark Tidsworth turned me, maybe us on, to another Brian McLaren quote kind of related to that. And it's, um, you know, by attending chapel by the sea, I have become a more loving version of myself. I would, I would love to track that in my congregation. Yeah. What do you imagine a metric would look like for that, Rhonda? How how would you I don't, how would I don't you know. measure? It? You know, you put it out there. You give them a scale from one to ten. You know, <laughs> um, you could do a you know pretest and post test yeah. um, after some kind of program, after some sort of Lenten or Advent Bible study, or how how well yeah, I don't am know. I, I mean, how well am I loving myself, God, and my neighbor? Yeah, and pretest right. that and post test that, or, right? <laughs> or do it now and do it a year from now. Yeah, I think that's one little, of the other helpful little demon, uh, little demon stuff is going on in my head. <laughs> I, I think uh, one of the other things that that Mark uh, and and we're really uh, leaning heavy on our pinnacle folks, which is great. That's the great thing about <laughs> yeah. this podcast. But I think right. one of the things that that uh, that Mark has also talked about is in terms of thinking about the idea of if we pursued growth as disciples, and if we pursued our mission as a congregation, what would we look like a year from now? And so then maybe a year from now, we look back and we say, well, what have we done to move ourselves down the pathway mm. of, of more fully being disciples of Jesus, more fully being the body of Christ as a, as a community? One of the things that, I'm, that I still haven't quite uh, achieved in, 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 in getting there, although one day I hope to do, is in creating a this idea of a rule of life and and really trying to create an annual experience and and or habit within the life of the church at the beginning or every year at some point you take the seven or eight core rhythms of your of the church and you just you just sort of see where have I grown this year 
where are the place, you know, where have I grown in generosity? Have I grown in in worship experiences? Have I grown in and uh, giving and giving people an idea to kind of see where they are and then to see where they want to invest themselves in the coming year. Where do I want to grow this year? And about and allow yourself to do that. That's a, that's more of a personal metric. Maybe there also could be some areas where if you did that, there's also a place for you to measure that as a congregation as well. And that's been in my head and been, and been working toward that for, for several years, although not quite achieved that reality yet. You know what, guys? Um, as we kind of wind down the conversation, I thought this was going to be a boring conversation. Well, we're talking about <laughs> metrics. I'm not a metrics kind of person, but I'm actually enlivened. I'm my interest is renewed in in how we can track what matters, you know, and what's meaningful. And so I appreciate both of you for inspiring me in that way. And I know sometimes when Thank we get you. toward the end, and, and I'm going to do this in just a minute. So Eric, I'll give you a minute to think about this. But we'll often say, you know, what is a word of hope or encouragement to pastors who are struggling with whatever topic we're, we're talking about? Uh, I want to offer a little bit of my hope, uh, but then I'm going to invite Eric for you to do that as well. You know, we started off with this title of Attendance Woes, uh, who's coming back, who's not, and why. And I think there can be a real element of deflation, of just feeling wiped out, and that, you know, the numbers are never going to be what they used to be. And maybe we can get real focused on who's coming back, who's not, and trying to get to the bottom of that, or try to chase people down and you know exhaust yourself in that way. I guess my hope is that maybe as pastors and as other church leaders that maybe we can process some of the grief that is a definite reality in the new normal and the disruption that we've experienced, but hopefully move beyond that and to get to a place where there's a sense of creativity and anticipation, and maybe even an invitation to get back to the core of who we are and why we exist in the world. So, Eric, maybe you'll add to that. Maybe you got a completely different uh, word of encouragement or hope for pastors who are listening in today. Oh, well, I, I think it's very similar, David. I think one is to let pastors know you're not by yourself. So if you're sensing we're not where we used to be. I think, you know, the numbers and the anecdotal evidence says you're right there with everybody else. Um, and so I think that's one of, the, one of the ways you can find hope in that is both to normalize it in your own spirit and to normalize it in your congregation and with your leaders to say, this is normal. This is this is just where we are. And, and I do think on the second part of that, I do think that we in that and y'all labeled it the new normal. I do think we're sort of leveling off. I think that we're kind of coming to a, a place where we can say we're 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 getting a sense of what the new playing field is, and rather than just grieving it, I mean, there's a place to grieve it. But I think, as you said at the end, David, I think it's time for us to say, all right, this is who are engaged in the life of our church. Now, what are we going to do? How do we begin to engage them in this in the way that our church is, and it might require some choices that we have to make, but I think it it, it at least gives us a, a sense of, okay, this is where we are. And I, I do think things are beginning to settle out in that way. And I think for the hope for that, I think is, is to realize that God is bigger than the number of people who show up in our church and that God, the people who do show up are so incredibly valued. And you start there. 
you start where you are and that from there you got you know you're not you're not doing this alone you've got the the spirit of god is going before you and the, the spirit of god has never given up on the church it's just given us a chance to engage what god is doing already in the community and in the church and in people's lives well thank you so much for being with us today eric on pastor life podcast it's always so much fun, David and Rhonda, and I'm just grateful for y'all's podcasts. I'm grateful for you all as friends and colleagues, and um, know of my prayers um, that I, we are all praying for one another in this process of trying to figure out how to lead in um, the 2020s and the new opportunities that God has given us. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. Uh, you can check out our website at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com. You can learn more about Pinnacle. You can learn more about Pastor Life, uh, maybe how you can engage with us and how we could walk one another uh, together through these changing times. Thanks as always for listening in. We'll see you next time.